Hi guys, this is Merlison, a bi-monthly podcast about Merlin, the show, and the fandom. We will talk about anything to do with the show and the fandom, about characters, about ships, about fan works. And speaking of ships, this is our second episode on the Merther ship. We had to split it in two because Rox and I have too much to say about these two as a pairing. Indeed. Even when we try to limit ourselves. So last episode, we talked about Merthyr as a pairing in the show, about what we liked, about what we didn't like, and a bunch of our favorite episodes, scenes, quotes, etc. And this episode, we are going to look at the fandom side of things with fanfiction-specific statistics and then some other things in fandom including a bunch of amazing recommendations for fan works so i'm a fantastic and i'm a snowfox welcome to melissa quickly let's have some news before we dive into the episode proper the kink meme has officially reopened there are the first couple of prompts up and you should go and join the fun the live journal community Merlin RPF is hosting the Merlin RPF Promptacular Fest of 2018. Prompting will have ended yesterday on January the 13th. And today on January the 14th, claiming opens and will stay open until April the 14th. So if you're into Merlin RPF, go and see if a prompt grabs you. This is another and probably last reminder that the real Merlin challenge is asking all those who signed up for the challenge to check in regardless of whether you'll be able to complete the challenge or not please go and check in merlin olympics has finally opened up signups and date claiming so if you want to participate in this small fest that's set to post in february go and check them out on life journal and finally merlin holidays has finished posting Reveals will be in about a week, and then there will likely be a master list. And in the meantime, you can already enjoy a plethora of fan works. Have fun! I'm gonna bore you all to death with some quick statistics. I'll try to make statistics. them brief. I love statistics! <laughs> Alright, <laughs> I'll still try to make them brief and then just post the uh, entirety of what I actually have in my script in our blog post. So as we've already mentioned, Merlin slash Arthur has a ship name called Merthyr. Um, and I'm like, my statistics go off of archive of our own. What we have to remember is that um, Merlin as a fandom predates the excessive use of archive of our own, which means that these statistics, which are, as I said, based on archive of our own fanfic postings, are not entirely accurate to the actual to the actual numbers in this fandom because I cannot I mean I could but I won't go through every post on Life Journal where fanfiction has ever been posted to check and double check and do my own maths for the numbers. So you will have to live with AO3 stats. Just as a disclaimer again. Alright, so AO3 has actually two Merlin slash author tags, like relationship tags. I don't know how many people are aware of this. Oh. There is like the Merlin slash author Pendragon and then in brackets Merlin. 
tag, which is specifically for the BBC pairing of Arthur Merlin. And then there's also the other one that's just Merlin slash Arthur Pendragon with uh, no addendum. And that is for like all the Merlin Arthur related works. Ah. So as far as I know, I'm not entirely sure, but as far as I know, the Merlin slash Arthur without anything else also includes the Merlin slash Arthur uh, brackets Merlin tag. So like the okay. tag wranglers, I think, uh, fuse them. But technically speaking, the Merlin slash Arthur brackets Merlin tag is the one specifically for this fandom. So having said that. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, they have yeah. like, this is uh, something to do for other pairings and fandoms as well, where you have like a canon specific, because sometimes you have like, I mean, you, you're a Spider-Man person rocks, so you will know this, you know, they will have yeah. different, they should probably have different pairing tags based on different canons when it's like really relevant so yeah i mean i'll be honest like just like kind of yeah as an addendum i'm not 100 percent sure because like yeah like i'm like super into the mcu but for example when i see like james bucky Barnes slash steve rogers i don't see like an addendum i just see that and then I think what you are looking for in those respects is you look at the yeah. fandom tag, which will be Captain America yeah. movies. Like that's what it will say as opposed to like, um, and then if you, and then if you're looking for the comic versions of the characters, it will probably be under like comic books, yeah. like as an addendum or something so that you know that you're looking at those versions of the characters. But yeah, I think tags are just so tricky and I always feel like I'm, like, I could be missing stuff. Like, as fans of Podfic will know, like, the other, like, so many times I'll accidentally stumble upon a Podfic that I love, and I'll be like, how have, I, how have I not seen this before? And it's because it's just in the title. No one's tagged it in either Podfic or Podfic and Podfic works. I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> so, yeah, tags are one of those things that are, are just really complicated, actually. You kind of need to have your head screwed on when you're, looking for something specific but that's a yeah but that's interesting i didn't i wasn't i should have kind of clocked that of course there'd be two different ones because you've got about 800 years yeah. worth of melanin and <laughs> like literature as opposed to just one season of one show oh, sorry for the five seasons of one show but yeah i didn't even yeah. think to kind At of least, look that up you know but that's interesting i mean i haven't actually asked the archive whether this is the distinction but it would make sense to me to make this because also for the character tags, when you post works on AO3, you can uh, add character tags and they always have for like for Gwen and for Elian and for Percival and Gwen, they always have like Gwen brackets Merlin to specify that this is the, the Gwen mm -hmm. from the BBC show Merlin, not Gawain from the legends, you know? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that this is the distinction between yeah. the two tags. So, um, a recurring theme is me checking the Merlin author tag on AO3 for posted works. And yet again, the number has gone up since I last checked it. And I last checked it for the author episode that we did a couple of weeks ago. And just to remind ourselves, back then we had 12,819 Merlin slash author works posted to AO3 that was as of November the 21st 
2017. And I checked it again today, which is December the 21st, so one month later. And now we have 12,989 works posted to Merlin slash author. Wow. So, you know, we produce a lot of fanfic in this fandom. You know, it it's very needed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I also checked the Merlin slash author with uh, no addendum tag. And that is if I um, subtract all the the Merlin slash author Merlin specific fanfic, that's still 5,864 works for Merlin slash author in other fandoms. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I have a few more things like top five stories yeah we have top five by kudos which are do you want to take a guess rocks well i don't need to guess i've, I've got it in front of me but okay i can i i mean i would have probably guessed the student prince would have been at the top for sure yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah the student prince uh, written by Feijay is the one that has the most kudos on ao3 and they are 11,401 kudos the second one is Post-it Note Romance by Fuzzy Tomato with 8,279 kudos. Then A Christmas Story, <laughs> which is called No Matter How Far Away You Roam, written by Lady Ragnell with 7,516 kudos. Then there's Dying to Return by Storm Dancer with 7,484 kudos. And finally, the fifth place is That's His Name by, and I'm sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing your name, um, Zaira A, with 6,672 kudos. I've only read one of these and only heard of one other. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> I'm sure I've read or listened to Post-it Note Romance by Fuzzy Tomato. I've definitely listened to Student Prince because that was like my gateway drug into the Merlin fandom when I got, came back. If you haven't listened to Student Prince, what are you doing? Because that's like yeah. one of the, I mean, the classics. I am classic. so bad at keeping up with fic and even I've read that one. So like, <laughs> you need to yeah. read it. And no matter how far away you roam is a story I recorded as part fic this year. So, um... Okay, moving on. Top five by comments. Again, The Student Prince by Feijay. Which is the only place. one in this list that is actually still on the second list from the Kudos one. Every other fic is different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So Student Prince has uh, 1,808 comments to date. Then the second one is A Bird of Paradise by Versafile with 1,539 comments. The third one is Hard in a Headlock by Sweet and Sharp with 1,393 comments. Then we have Frayed by Pelidrin. I'm sorry, I probably mispronounced that as well. With 1,219 comments. And on, in fifth place, there is The Heart of the Wolf by S. Powell with 1,140 comments. So these are the top five by Kudos and Comments. I also checked what the oldest... Merthyr story on the archive is like again this is not the actual first Merthyr fanfic ever published on the internet because I would not know how to go about finding it but the first one posted to the archive 
It's called Old Chinese Proverbs and Other Wisdom. It was written by Facet of Kathy, and it was posted on the 15th December 2008. There you go. So that, so that is almost 10 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> about just, that. It's not... Like, this must have been posted, like, just just before the first season ended. Yeah. No. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so... God. So, okay, I was going to look up the newest. I actually have the newest one. I have it right here. Okay. I have the newest. Because yes. we're looking um, this up it's... just as we are recording this. So, to yeah. give you really the newest uh, so one. So, the newest one as of, uh, what's uh, what's uh, what's the date today? 21st December. There we go. Uh, so, this was posted yesterday, and this is the newest one. It's called Maybe by Bunny's World. Okay, and last but not least, uh, I checked the longest and the shortest Mirtha Fake posted to AO3. The longest one is called The Journey Begins by Jay Collin. And it is, please uh, hold on to your seats, it is 447,500 words long. So wow. That is like one single story, not a series. That is one single story. I'm sure that there are series that are longer. I'm thinking of Footloose's Loaded March, which is, as a series, much longer than this, I think, somewhere over a million words. Um, but as a single work posted to Air 3, The Journey Begins by Jay Collin is the longest one. And the shortest one was a bit more difficult to find, because if you just uh, sort the works by word count and then check for the one with the lowest word count, you'll often get, like, fan art postings or podfig postings. <laughs> So I actually had to dig through a couple of pages of low word count Merthyr fix before I found the first one that is actually um, like actual story related. I think it's just like literally two sentences. It's 20 words long. Wow. It's called Soft to the Touch and was written by Sabriel75. I so. couldn't describe my my name to you in 20 words like how is that possible <laughs> you know sometimes sometimes 20 words is all it takes so uh. <laughs> there you have it that's that's stats done all right which is already brings us like shipping and all of it and i mean we've already dipped into this a few times but let's talk about Canon author Merlin versus fandom author Merlin. Like, um, yeah. how are they characterized in fandom versus what do we yeah. know from canon? Because I th find that really interesting, especially looking at, I mean, you know, if you have canon AUs, then naturally they, they tend to be close to, to canon. Uh, naturally, because of what they, because of what they are, uh, but you know, if you generally, if you look at AUs where they don't already know each other, or uh, that are just in an entirely different setting, then I really find it interesting to see how they are characterized uh, based on what we know yeah. from canon. So, <clears throat> um, I mean, I I kind of requested this topic to be kind of brought up because I thought it would be really interesting to take a closer look my experiences in the uh, in the Stucky fandom have kind of led me to see that oftentimes with 
characters, there seems to be sometimes a disconnect between what we see in canon and what we see in fanon. So we've seen it like with Arthur, for example, we see him as this really just kind of ruler, which which he is. But as we've, I hope, proven with the evidence we gave in the previous you know, episode on Arthur is that he actually does a lot of things for selfish reasons. That's actually in canon. And in fanon, I feel like that's not often represented. And in my example that I gave to Momo with the Stephen Bucky ship, it's like, well, people in fa- like in fic often represent like Bucky to be this reckless like person and Steve being like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. When in canon, it's literally the opposite. Like Steve's always the one yeah. getting into scrapes and Bucky's the one going to science conventions and like picking up after him, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. And so I wanted to take a look and see, do we have the same disconnect with our own ship? And really the only thing I kind of could come up with um, that was really oddly different to how I kind of see it in the show is I've briefly mentioned it before, but this question of the sexualities that Arthur seems to be generally presented as bi and Merlin generally presented as gay. That's usually what I've come across, which is very interesting because actually Merlin has, I think, more interests in other women than Arthur does. He has like three um Morgana, Gwen, and then he kind of had a thing for Mythian, like found her attractive. Also Nimue, also Nimue when she was disguised in a poison chalice. Do you think he I don't think he fancied her, I think he Oh was, yeah, he uh, definitely You think? Listen, I, I I rewatched the episode today and like uh he's there at the ceremony, Merlin in his ceremonial robes of the servants of Camelot T M. And yeah. um Gwen is standing next to him and she's like, oh, she's quite beautiful because Merlin keeps staring at Nimue. And and Merlin she's is like, well, she's gorgeous for, like, she's beautiful for a princess because Gwen was like, she's uh, beautiful for, for a handmaiden. Yeah, yeah. And Merlin is like, she's beautiful for a princess. And he's just, he keeps staring at her. Oh, no, no, I mean her. Arthur. Arthur has only three. And oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. I was, I was like, he's never fancied. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, sorry, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Merlin has, okay. you know, loads. He okay. kind of, yeah, he's like had a lot of crushes on a lot of girls, and um, yeah. it's not really like, yeah, that's rarely translated to in fic. And actually, what I find even more interesting is, even though he does kind of have those crushes. We see Merlin, I would say, in the show, or the way they portrayed him. I mean, he's had one, sorry, two on-screen kisses, but with the same person. Um, he's Whereas Arthur has a much more, shall we say, like, involved love life. Like, you know, he and Gwen have several on-screen kisses. Um, you know, he's seen kissing, like, Vivian, like, and, you know, it's, like, much more kind of involved. Whereas with Merlin, it's, like, he doesn't really have that, I, I feel like, the show even though he's very like snarky presents him as a very innocent character in that regard like he doesn't really get involved much like relationship wise or anything like that uh, for for various reasons you know he's got his own issues going on but in fic i find oftentimes um or sometimes he's he's portrayed as um quite a you know person who enjoys a consensual interaction or two now and then so I feel like that's quite interesting <laughs> that we see like that side much more than we than is actually portrayed to us yeah. in the show. He's never really seen like flirting like okay, maybe with that barmaid in Gwen, like where he's like, Oh, I am handsome, thank you. But like <laughs> yeah. very rarely like I can't even like even though I see them both as like Merlin and they're both like very much it's almost like 
yeah, it, that's the thing that I feel like has been brought into. Like I see him. Maybe it's my like I always think about um, prove all my hypotheses when I think about this point. Like in what way does that characterize Canon Merlin at all? Like an emo kid that's a massive slut. Like what? Like that? that like it's got nothing to do. I think I think the emo kid mostly comes from uh, Colin in Doctor Who as Jethro. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the slut just uh, fits the plot, I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think that Merlin being characterized as, uh, let's call it promiscuous, um, is because technically he probably has more of a freedom to sleep around than Arthur True. does. Like, Arthur might have the privilege to go around and bed as many servants as he likes but um he's he's not doing it i mean he's in some fics he is oh, in doing canon. it yeah like... in, yeah in canon in canon au fics or even canon slice of life fics he is doing it in some but generally not really like he will occasionally have some experience but not a lot um and I think that's just because Arthur is restricted and so worried about doing something wrong. Like, that's his characterization from canon, that Arthur is worried that he'll yeah. disappoint his father. And how else... Like, he couldn't probably disappoint him worse than by fathering a bastard, for there's example. There's also no women in Camelot. Like, there's no that, women Yeah, in exactly. The only women are Morgana and Gwen. Let's be real. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know. And so... um. And naturally, you know, betting one of his knights is just out of the question. Uh, at least and unless they're on, like, a patrol trip for and, and away from Camelot for weeks on end or something like that. But I think that, you know, the promiscuous Merlin characterization comes from Merlin just being free to sleep around if he so wishes. And him being a country boy... You know, uh, it often is said that Merlin just uh, had a thing with Will, and he just experienced that way. And you know, I think that's that's where this where this comes from. I guess. Then again, in in modern AU's, it's usually Arthur who is at least also promiscuous, if not uh, more promiscuous than Merlin. Like because in modern AU's, you can make. Arthur, a much more free agent who can have sex with less risk than canon Arthur could. Mm. So you know you usually have a relative, relatively inexperienced canon AU author, but you have a pretty experienced uh, modern AU author. I I've, I don't know. I look. I'm 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 much less of a like kind of one to speak about kind of thick as a whole because you read a lot more of it than I do but I feel like in my kind of gut that a lot of the thick I've read he not that he's inexperienced but he's much more of like a ball and chain kind of guy like he'll kind of be in it for the long haul he's the romantic that wants to be in a relationship and Merlin is much more portrayed as someone that is way more like likely to be having one night stands and not really settling down may I and I don't know where I have that impression from, but I feel like it's like there's there's like definitely more than one fic that I've read like that where they're a bit where it's just kind of um yeah that he's not I don't know yeah like I, I can't quite put my finger on why I think that but maybe I just kind of need to go through my catalog a bit more I mean do you 
do you feel that like maybe i mean again you read a lot more than me like not 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 in canon au but like in modern au that like that is a bit more like the dynamic that they have the author is kind of the like you know classic thing that every girl wants because he's like experienced and suave but he's actually committed you know and merlin's kind of a bit more like willing to see what's out there kind of thing yeah yeah i think i agree with that i think that comes from Marlon generally being curious like okay. uh, just and and friendly like i mean we know from canon that Marlon is just a friendly person who gets along yeah. with everyone liked who is liked everyone. by many people so i think that that sort of plays into this you know uh because naturally you show you show friendliness by fucking around <laughs> Listen, we all shake hands in different ways, you know. Exactly. Uh, so, I yeah. shake hands with both of them, you know. I'm not going to say I wouldn't. Um, what were we at talking about? <laughs> Preferably at the same time. I mean, you have two hands. So. Um, um, <laughs> sorry. I so, just, I yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, characterization. Let's talk about characterizations. We find that like both in canon and in in fandom like one of them for me is that i observe is that often author like in the beginning of the story author will start out as an arrogant selfish privileged person Mm -hmm. who then um you know turns into a better person who has already had a heart of gold like he's a prat but he's got a heart of gold and and he just needs someone to to bring it out more like to reveal his uh soft center basically he's a lip and... chocolate basically yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah that's that's something i observe in fic a lot that author is you know kind of the the privileged uh white dude who will say for like who will fight for the underprivileged um minority if he's notched into the right direction first like i'm thinking specifically of like two weeks notice here where author learned <laughs> through merlin to save the environment for example and there are other stories much like it where author um will maybe he will even just put on a facade of being arrogant and self-involved and and privileged and not caring but is secretly already doing what he can to uh you know help minorities to use his privilege for good (laughs) so this is a theme i observe absolutely Um, so yeah then of course tied in with that is uh the trope of merlin not liking arthur when they meet for the first time um just like in canon and then coming to admire and even love Arthur, when he sees that Arthur actually has a good heart and is trying to do the right thing, it's just, you know, sometimes misguided or not entirely sure what the right thing is and needs a bit of pushing in the right direction, which is which Merlin is only too happy to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Aww. yeah. I love them so much. They're just really great. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of kind of examples in like modern modern au and i can't quite like i mean this is this is mostly modern au that i'm talking about here i mean even like if it's canon like a proper canon au that's just you know 
different circumstances in canon, like Merlin and Arthur not meeting like they do on the show where they have different first meetings. This is this is something that happens a lot where you see them starting off as uh you know enemies mm. because of the enemies to friends to lovers kind of trope but um yeah this is this is common and i mean it is based in canon because merlin really did not like Arthur when he first met him. yeah which like i've said before should have carried on for a lot longer than it did and it would have made for a really interesting first season but yeah they just couldn't yeah. help themselves and you know who can blame them bradley and colin's chemistry is just yeah. explosive you know you can't yeah. Then again, you also, like, another common trope is that even if they don't like each other uh, in the beginning, they often will already be attracted to each other. Like, yeah. a lot of fics I read, and, and part of the fics I write myself is where they meet and they are attracted to each other because of how they look. But once author opens his mouth... <laughs> And and That's basically it. lets his privilege show. Merlin is like, nope. Uh. <laughs> but you know, Merlin usually falls in love, uh, head over heels with Arthur, uh, because of how pretty he is. Or he doesn't, or at least maybe not fall in love, but definitely falls in lust with mm. Arthur over how beautiful Arthur is. And then he's like, no, he's a pred. I don't like him. Mm. I still want to fuck him, but I don't like him. And then yeah. over time, he will actually fall in love with Arthur because of, like, he discovers that Arthur is actually a good person. While Arthur often in stories, uh, again, falls in lust with Merlin at first sight and then is impressed by Merlin because Merlin, like, talks back to him, is a cheeky little shit or, or makes him see his own privilege. And then Arthur, like, in many fics, this is not all fics, but in many that I have read. Arthur will fall in love with Merlin much more quickly than Merlin falls in love with Arthur because Arthur already can see how good Merlin is because of Merlin challenging him. I think this is like this is this is a canon characterization. Arthur likes people who stand up to him and who tell him yeah. his <laughs> Like you can oh. this is this is Morgana, <laughs> this is Gwen, this is Merlin in canon. This is even Gwen and Ken. <laughs> yeah, like so. The only thick that I like love and is like really popular that I can think that actually now that I'm thinking about it has none of these character tropes, which I'm really surprised that we still see them as such true versions of their characters because pairing Pendragon Merlin has none of that. Like no. all we have is the they're totally um, different people. <laughs> yeah, but like they're still so them like i can't explain it yeah like it's just so bizarre like the only thing we have there that's still there is the father thing like where he's kind of you know and the bnf status is obviously the kind of royal status like from the show and Merlin, Uh, Merlin being his beta which is i mean I don't see betas that this way. I don't want anyone to think that I think that <laughs> betas that betas are servants of writers. I do not think that's like I would be lost without my betas. So I honestly I don't think that. But you know, if you were to translate it into this kind of setting, yeah. it, makes it makes sense. sense. Yeah. And and even in canon, Merlin writes Arthur's speeches for him, or at least corrects yeah. them. So it definitely you know it's it's uh, rooted in that. 
but he's so, so nice to him like he he accepts criticism he's yeah. not like rude to him he's really appreciative of him and now i'm thinking about it nothing like the real arthur <laughs> but i love it maybe that's why i love that fic so much i like while we're talking i just live for that moment where like they see each other for the first time and they're just like oh my god like yeah. they're so attracted because they're already attracted to each other anyway like through personality and there's that whole midlife crisis that Arthur's having like that identity crisis of what if Merlin's a girl what am I gonna do then and it's like so cute and then that moment where like they have it's so well written because like it's not like the kiss comes out of nowhere but we don't like they don't talk about it they're just kind of there and the opportunity presents itself and they both clearly know that that's why like that's where they're headed like all throughout the con like they're really like always sitting really close to each other and like always like kind of going off together and then eventually it happens and it just it's never talked about but it's just so like endearing how they know that they're attracted to each other even though they never say it and guys let me tell you that never happens in real life <laughs> like yeah. maybe to some people like maybe to really good looking people that are like of course people are attracted to me but like yeah. In real life, no. You just sit there being like, what should I do? (laughs) And the fact that in this fic, they just kind of are like two magnets. Like, it's just so endearing. And my favorite line ever, you know, when they kiss and then like they go to lie down on the bed and then they get interrupted. And Merlin's like, is my hair all flat at the back? And it's just like the cutest (laughs) thing where he's like, it's just so realistic. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, What I really like in this, since we're already talking about it, uh, what I really like is the like this moment when they see each other for the first time and like Arthur sees Merlin and he turns around and leaves because <laughs> he can't cope with the fact that not only is he a guy like he hoped but he's gorgeous yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so he's like oh shit he's gorgeous I gotta go I cannot deal with so this unbelievable it's such a boy reaction <laughs> which again brings me back to how Arthur in fig always falls in lust with Merlin at first sight because Merlin is gorgeous. And again, also Merlin falls in lust with Arthur because Arthur too is gorgeous. Yeah. I cannot deal. Like that whole <laughs> inner monologue, because I think it's written from both points of view and there's a whole inner monologue that he has where um, he, uh, he's like, he had expected everything, but he had not expected this or something like that where he like describes all those features he looked a little bit like a baby benedict cumberbatch and a lot of people had stopped to tell him this you know and like gets really jealous and then he's like you know he knew that he himself was kind of all right like you know a decent bone structure he plays football so he's pretty and like he's kind of like not like you know he like is being honest about himself or whatever and then he's like but merlin like he just wasn't expecting that and it's just like (laughs) the oh it's such a Oh, guys, like if like if there's anybody out there that has not listened to it, and listen to it because it's such a good medium to listen to this fit because it's all done online. Like, just please, it will just make your day because it's just like teenage boys falling in love. Like, who doesn't like that? I've never met yeah. anyone who doesn't. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this is this is Merlin and Arthur in fandom, basically just falling in love with each other. Because of how they look and because of how they 
act towards other people and each other and this is very much rooted in canon and it's like no matter how it's done in fandom it's still coming back to always this which i like and i will never get tired of honestly so don't tell it's the golden rule and i love it so much (laughs) so yeah so yeah, we've already talked about a couple of popular tropes and plot devices uh, where, you know, uh, Merlin sees, helps Arthur see the light and be a better person. And um, what I also observe um, a few times, especially in canon AU stories, but also in modern AU stories, is um, Arthur saving Merlin. Which I find interesting because I feel like uh, when this happens, it's because Arthur doesn't get to save Merlin in canon all that often, <laughs> so he does it in fanfic. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he does it more than we kind of would notice because it's kind of like I think because Merlin saves him so much more, it's really disproportionate. But I feel like he does. Can't I get? Do you know what I think it could be? In modern AU, obviously Merlin doesn't have magic unless, you know, it's a magic modern AU. So Arthur is physically, like, stronger and, like, more equipped to deal with any physical danger. So, yeah, it completely makes sense that I wouldn't really buy someone the size of Colin, like, saving someone the size of Bradley from any physical, like, obstacles because it's kind of tiny, so it wouldn't really make sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... Do you observe any other, like, tropes or plot devices? I mean, there are probably a ton. I just, it's like, you know, when you're trying to pin some down, it's just my mind has gone blank. Not Um, really. Um, Again, like, I think we've just kind of spontaneously realized that a lot of our favorite fics kind of don't include any of them. (laughs) They're just kind of... (laughs) They do their own thing, which makes me think, what is it about these characters that makes them so recognizable, even in a fic that has none of the canon, like, things in it yeah i mean you know um a lot of my favorite tropes like fake pretend relationships and all of that you can just apply to them and make it work for the stories like you don't have like these aren't tropes that are necessarily um inherent to the pairing so like that's the beauty of it you can make anything work for this pairing because a it's timeless literally (laughs) And B, and it's just you. You can't just put them in any kind of situation, and it works. It's it's baffling. Yeah, it's uh, it's it it's crazy. Like, oh, it's so good though. Like, but I I I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I do love those fix where they've kind of bypassed the whole like I hate you stage, and they're just like really close, and they like really like each other. Like, we keep wrecking this every damn week, but every story is a love story. Pairing Pendragon Merlin is another one I didn't realize where they're just not really mean to each other. They just really fancy each other and it's really sweet. And coffee um, shop muffins. Sorry. Sorry. Coffee coffee shop muffins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a that's like just perfect, like perfect story. And yeah. um uh the um have you listened to uh Lord Drake's bequest? Yes. They're already kind of like tight and like yeah. he even wants to like pay for his like electricity and stuff and yeah. begs him to come work for him because Merlin doesn't have any money so like all that kind of stuff I just like I'm okay with the banter I just kind of I like my angstier stuff to be in canon and then I like kind of more modern kind of drama to be going on in in uh in modern AU mostly just mm-hmm. banter and stuff like that or like will they won't they yeah 
Yeah, that's fair. So um, let's just quickly talk about a couple of popular headcanons that I've uh, observed for uh, these characters and, and specifically to their relationship. Like something I often see, <clears throat> well, I mean, often, I say often, but often enough is um, author as asexual or demisexual, which I can see, like even in, in canon, where uh, like author as a demisexual character who has to know someone really well to fall in love with them oh, for sure. and to feel yeah. sexual attraction for them. Like I, like this is how I can see Martha, how I can see uh, Arwen, which is why is uh, Elena so... author didn't work, and which is why Vivian author. I mean, apart from the whole, uh, you know, consent issue with Vivian author, uh, it wouldn't work. And how he was probably struggling with Mythian because he wanted to like her, and he could see that he maybe could like her, but he wasn't quite there yet. So yeah, yeah. the only one I've I, I feel like could be an outlier for that is. He was clearly like very attracted to Sophia when he first saw her, and was like, "Ooh, hello," you know, like definitely. For, and like he's like even joking about like having the room next to hers, but oh, should I like or not, you know, that kind of stuff. But I feel like that's the and like um, I feel that's like the only one. Maybe, but... yeah. I mean, I would probably explain this with Sophia already working subtle like glamour magic oh, okay. on him. I mean she she only really bewitches him when she can look into his eyes to make him really like her slave like she does later like where she can actually control him. But I think like this is my personal headcanon um that she already uses some sort of glamour to make Arthur like be attracted to her to already, you know, do what she likes like influence him this way yeah true 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 and like just because you're demi doesn't mean you can't appreciate that someone looks nice so yeah. you know you could be objectively you could be oh well there's a good looking woman uh and be like okay um let's see if i like her you know yeah so yeah so this is this is one uh, characterization. Another one that I find interesting, and I've seen uh, around a bit by now, um, Arthur as a dyslexic character, based on the fact that, again, Merlin writes, or at the very least corrects, uh, canon Arthur's speeches. I mean, what king lets his servant write his speeches? Uther probably didn't do it. Yeah. Or at least, you know, I don't think he did. I mean, I could see Arthur asking Joffrey, the, the librarian, to do it. But a servant? Who, I mean, Merlin, the fact that Merlin can read and write is another thing. But, you know. <laughs> so, Let's not go into the reasons why no, Peasant would not no. be able to read and write. <laughs> So yeah, that's a, that's an interesting canon where again Arthur puts himself a bit at uh, like in canon himself in Merlin's hands uh, because uh, he he needs Merlin's help with these things. So yeah, and then Merlin uh, 
this is more about Merlin's uh, sexuality and identity in general. Like, I often see Merlin as, like you said, uh, you often see Merlin as uh, entirely homosexual in, in fix, which isn't rooted in canon, to which I agree. Uh, but I personally more see Merlin as uh, portrayed as bi or pansexual rather than strictly gay. Like, there are the stories where he's strictly gay, but I usually see him more as pan or bi. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, me personally, I I see him like that, too. I just feel like it's no, not... But even... No, I mean, also in, in fix, I also oh, okay. see him Fair as enough. pan Fair and enough. bi. I guess I'm thinking of, like, the really big ones that I'm aware of, like, you know, Student Prince, Jurassic Redefining Protocol, like, even in, like, um the... the, the, the uh, Every Story is a Love Story, like, Pairing Pendragon Merlin, Intended, like... Um, so many like all the ones that I kind of when I think of Mirtha Thick that come to the front of my mind the Pendragon Guide How Not to Date Prove All My Hypotheses like he's only exclusively had like being interested in men like as part of those stories which I in fact I can't think of a single oh no apologies um uh what's that fic where their roommates or no they live together and there's like a wall separating them and Freya is Merlin's girlfriend. Um, mending wall. Is that the one? Mend- yeah. 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 Mending wall. Which I love that one. I think that's the only one that I can actually think off the top of my head where he's portrayed as like by, um, yeah. Well, coffee shop muffins. Because oh, he, he, and Ar- he and Arthur shared Freya as a girlfriend. Oh, shit. I, f- I, I always forget that he has had a... Uh, a girlfriend in coffee shop muffins as well. Like he has he has several girlfriends in coffee shop. Oh yeah, because I, I think Arthur is the yeah. Arthur is the only and first guy he is with just with for like Arthur. Like this is the point that they're predominantly straight, both of them in the of story. Of course, um, but so they are because uh, because they are in love with each other. Or like if you go with bromance, then they keep that they stay straight mm. and and don't uh, don't become a couple. But if you go with the romance ending. Then there are like uh quote unquote gay for each other. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, this this impression might be biased by my own headcanon because I usually try to portray Merlin as pen or bi and I uh I know a lot of people who see him like this, so maybe I'm just biased by this um by this characterization and my my view is just uh influenced by that it's just like with uh the the other thing i think of is like modern being gender fluid uh and maybe not exactly gender fluid but like more androgynous than canon merlin might be but again i realize this is probably just me being biased by my own head canon rather than, <laughs> rather than actual uh you know proof in fix seeing portraying him that way so you know it's fair <laughs> all right then shall we just seamlessly segue into rex yeah go for it what have you got this time i have i actually changed my rex <laughs> throughout the course of this episode oh okay fair enough <laughs> Uh, I was going to rank my three favorite podfics of all time, but then I realized that we've mentioned uh, at least two of them frequently throughout this episode and other episodes, so I'm uh, picking other ones. And now I have actually 
two Canon AU racks and one modern AU rack. Like I said, if it's a pot fake, I'll probably listen to a Canon AU. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is called The Knights Have a Thousand Eyes. It was written by Stake Acclaim. The pot fake is by Becca Lely. I don't know how long the fic is in word count, but I can tell you that the pot fic is about eight hours long. So uh, considering that usually like eight to ten thousand words translate to one hour of pot fic, uh, you can do the math. It's rated mature. It's a uh, end of season one AU from the point of view of the knights. That's why the story is called The Knights Have a Thousand Nights. And it's actually none of the knights that we know from the show or, you know, might be different versions. I think there's a there's a Gawain in this in this story, but he's obviously not the same Gawain that that we know later on. So keep that in mind when you listen to it. And it's just really interesting as a story because, like I said, you have this outsider point of view of the knights who observe Merlin and Arthur and their relationship and uh, kind of recognize that they would be great together as a couple and then try to help that along and then realize that there are a bit of like obstacles in the way. It's also one of the stories where that like I said, I, I really like this trope where Arthur already knew about the magic and was waiting for Merlin to admit it to him. So this is also part of this story. Arthur already knows. Then the second canon AU story is called Three Tasks. It was written by Silic and read by Penny Plain Knits. It's two and a half hours long, the pot fig. The story is uh, roughly 31,000 words and it's rated mature. And Arthur has the best title in the story. He's the arbiter, the royal arbiter of suitable suitors' pursuits, which wow. basically means, <laughs> which basically means he's a matchmaker. <laughs> like when there is, like when there is a person in the castle or in Camelot, in, in the city of Camelot, that has more than one suitor, like romantic suitor, trying to court them, it is brought before the court. To Arthur, so that Arthur may set the suitors' challenges to determine which suitor is best suited to court the person in question. Uh, this would like there's it's explained in the story why this uh, was introduced to the court of Camelot, and it's really funny and interesting. So Arthur takes on this role of official royal matchmaker, basically, and then of course one day. Uh, it turns out that Merlin has like four different suitors, <laughs> and of this course is he does. And then this is brought before Arthur, and Arthur has to set challenges for these people to determine whether uh, Merlin, like which one Merlin is allowed to date, and like if there's no compulsion, Merlin doesn't have to date this person, but this is basically the one that he is most likely to like if you were to date them. <laughs> and uh, it's another one of the... Like, it's Arthur's point of view, this entire fig. Uh, and uh, it's, again, Arthur already sort of knows about the magic and then things happen to reveal the magic. And uh, it's a... It's a Arthur doesn't really realize that he's in love with Merlin. <laughs> which of is course. Great, which is another great trope, Arthur being uh, in denial. Um, 
So yeah, this is this is a really cute and funny story. Uh, again, canon AU, like I said. And then the last one is a modern AU. It's uh, really one of my my favorite podfics. Uh, it's but it's a good refrain. By written by Lady Ragnall, read by Striped Bowties. It's again two and a half hours long. It's twenty three thousand words long and rated teen and up audiences. It has radio host Merlin and radio listener author. And the story is basically that Merlin is someone who gives advice to uh, people with relationship troubles. And one of Arthur's ex-girlfriends calls in to Merlin's show to complain about Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) And Arthur hears it and then he phones in and he and Merlin get into a bit of a fight on air. And then later, uh, they they become kind of pen pals because Arthur feels bad for insulting Merlin and apologizes to him. And then they sort of start uh, emailing and writing back and forth, and and uh, it develops from there. And the the listeners start like the the radio listeners start shipping Merlin <laughs> with Arthur, <Aww. laughs> and it's really it's really cute, and I love it. Uh, the dialogue is amazing in this story. There's humor, there's some mild angst, and it's just a really feel-good story. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so these are my three wrecks. Cool. Um, well, I have some vid vid wrecks as usual. Many. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't fun. narrow it down. I was saying to Momo earlier, I have 89 videos saved in my playlist, so... Uh, I had a lot of work to do. So the first two I'm wrecking are ones that are more comedic. They're based a, a lot around the banter that these two share. And the first one is for, with the song Disgusting by Kesha. It, it, like if, um, it, if you're not aware, it's that one that goes like, it's disgusting how I love you. It's like so good. Like just, it's all about how like I just hate that I'm into you. And, uh, it's edited by, uh, oh God, I hate doing, uh, usernames but I think it's Dan Love You um, we'll obviously link to all of these so don't worry um, it's really fun, really fast paced and really nicely edited and I love it, I love the colours the other one is by a video called um, Vanilla with like some like other things on either side of the username and it's uh, To True Love by Pink I think everybody has kind of had that with any kind of like ship in a fandom that's got that like banter they always have it um the if you're not aware of the song the first verse it like the verses focus on like how irritated they are by each other and how they get under under each other's skin and then the chorus is like oh but it must be true love clearly because of all that so it's really really good and it fits them really well um and there's all the banter moments that we love then um, we have a, a video called Lovely Dreams 2X, um, who has done a wonderful video, uh, that's only one minute 15 long, uh, with the Dowtry song called What About Now? And it's one of those songs that was really written, you know, for them. All the lyrics are just fits them really well. And she's an incredible editor. Um, I love her style and, uh, you'll, it'll make you shit them even more after you watch it, I swear. Um, then I have, bringing kingdoms to their knees which is this uh which the actual song title is turning page from uh i think it's from the twilight movies and uh it's edited by uh ms lyra gw and it's one of those that just kind of as soon as it started i was like oh this one's gonna get me really emotional it's post season five finale and it's just really um 
you know, I mean, the first lyric is, um, I've waited a hundred years, I'd wait a million more for you. So it's, you know, <laughs> really, really emotional. And again, edited like, and just the colors are gorgeous and it's really simple and quiet and lovely. Then I have one that is a uh, non, non lyric. I wanted like a non lyric option in here because those are the kinds that I really enjoy bidding. And it's by one of my favorite editors. Uh, again, I'm not sure how I would pronounce this, but it's, uh, Loze 13. So it's, um, L O Z Z E H and then 13. And it's called, uh, look at what we've got. And it's, uh, to the track, uh, I think it's one of the last, instrumental tracks from the movie The Holiday when Cameron Diaz is running back towards the cottage <gasps> to be I with the song to be with Graham. It's it's that dun 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 and it's like and then you have that dun 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 and it's like really lovely and it was based off of season three um and one of the last shots which is one of my favourite shots of these two is that moment where they're walking back towards the the castle and um Gwen and like Merlin gives him a shove and Arthur pretends like he's gonna run after him and it's oh god like that shot just means so much to me um and I love it and it's like the peak of their like playfulness and again I saw a post on Tumblr about how that moment means so much because they're just so like in retrospect they're so happy and carefree and so unaware of how limited their time together is and it's just means a lot to me so that's that's a really beautiful one um I have two videos to rec from a video called, again, I have no idea how I'm going to pronounce this, but it's, um, you live 94 with a uh, live, uh, spelled with two E's. So Livy. Um, one is far away by Nickelback, which, uh, is such a beautiful song. I've actually visited myself, but this is post season five. So it fits it even more. And it's from the point of view of modern day Merlin looking back at his relationship and waiting for Arthur to be reincarnated and shattered by trading yesterday, which is a fandom classic and a YouTube videos classic song and brings back a lot of memories. And I love that song. And, um, it is literally perfect. And again, it's like post season five, literally Merlin being shattered by the loss of Arthur this person's editing is second to none and like the energy that they bring out in any song that I see them tackle is incredible and the fact that they barely use any post-production coloring and I still love their vids so much is just a testament because I usually don't really go for that but they make me cry every single time um literally like every single time uh then I have a really really short one just to wreck from a video that i've wrecked before called special is you and it's uh with um in my head by jason derulo so it's a bit more of a sexy one which is really always fun it's really short but that song like just gives me a lot of really like good vibes and i love it and uh you know um i see you all over me in my head come on you know that arthur's constantly thinking that so it's just like brilliant um i have Another one, I know I'm going on, but I did actually write all these down. I'll be really quick. Um, I've got one again by the video that I mentioned before, Loza 13, which is, um, I will not back down, which I love that song so much. And I discovered it through this video. Um, and it's just one of those epic songs that fits them really well. So you should definitely check it out. And that is my kind of 
like if I was to pick the videos that you should go and watch like to kind of get a sense of this ship like I would definitely pick those and I'm wrecking one channel which is called We Are Destined Studios and it's a channel that I was admin creator and organizer for which is a Merlin and Arthur collab group that was exclusively for Merlin and Arthur videos and we had a different theme every single week and if you have seen that famous video uh, floating around on Tumblr that was uh, done to fingers by Pink that was us you're welcome <laughs> it's uh yeah there you go so uh any although i will say if any of you go to check out that channel because it's been a while and youtube is like the platform that youtube has kind of been using has changed throughout the time that i've been on there a lot of the videos have been blocked by copyright where they weren't before so if you um do go to that channel and you do want to check out any of our old stuff it won't seem like there's a lot on there but there's a lot more just get in touch with me privately and i'll try and send you the actual raw file because of course i still have all the videos but um a lot of them will now be blocked unfortunately because of uh, you know stupid reasons but check out that channel there were some incredibly talented editors on there that sadly no longer really do much so it's just a great way to kind of look back on like nostalgia and yeah it's it was good so there you go go and go watch fan videos guys please because they're amazing so wow sorry right. no no that's, <laughs> that's it's so like know. i literally could have gone on but i was trying to keep it like literally any kind of like if you want to laugh you can find vids that'll make you laugh if you want to cry or find vids that make you cry like there's so many good au's on there as well i didn't even go into au's but um yeah also, I made a lot of Melon Arthur videos, guys, so check out my channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm All right. kidding, you know. <laughs> so this concludes the second part of this epic <laughs> ship, I mean, you know, episode <laughs> of, of Merlisten, where we talked about our favorite pairing for a long time very long time <laughs> yeah i mean it's not like we didn't expect this to happen <laughs> we i mean like like i said i'm so whipped by these two and i don't care like yeah. i you know they and are we even you know we we try to keep it short so <laughs> yeah like there is still so much that i feel we haven't covered and yeah I feel like i want to revisit in a future episode and yet it, this has been two parts so yeah yeah and, <laughs> you know just to put a, a small plug in here uh you know if you want to talk about merther for like days <laughs> there is this neat little convention happening in september 2018 it's called coin a lot who's organizing that momo <laughs> I don't know, Rocks. Could mm, it be it us? It could be you and me. <laughs> yes, guys, come so, to Coin a lot. It's going to be a coin a lot. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, two and a half days and then some filled with Mercer at Merther and then some Merther on top because, you know, Merther is a thing we like. <laughs> a lot. So A lot. As okay. is evidenced by our first two-parter. <laughs> like, yes. God. Yeah, yeah. First so um, and possibly only two parts or to be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, but guys, thank you so much for listening to the end of all of this. Uh, finally, you get to the conclusion of our thoughts about this ship. But it doesn't have to be the end because, of course, you can reach out to us on the various different platforms that we accept your feedback and we will react to it if you send it. So please do especially since this is our favorite aspect of the show we definitely want you to come and talk to us about this ship 
please do leave your comments. Uh, next time coming up, we have got another character study and it's for our lovely Gwen. We felt like she deserved to come next and we're really looking forward to talking about her and her journey through the show. So we're really looking forward to that. So uh, please come and listen. Uh, that will be in a week's time and we can't wait to hear your feedback for that. Um, in the meantime, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, I'm Miss Snowfox. I'm Amortistic. Bye. Bye.